We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, this is Mark Corby with another True Faith podcast. It's an As It Was, When It Was special. I'm absolutely delighted to be joined today by Gavin Haig. Now, before I introduce Gav, and uh, we'll talk more to him about certain collections he's got in regards to football memorabilia, uh, Gavin's been a great help for myself over the years. As you know, I'm uh, a creator of a, a Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter accounts where I do nothing but del- delve in, in uh, nostalgia from the 80s and the early 90s. And Gavin's been a great help with me over the years, giving me some fantastic advice, some images, some footage. And he's been an absolute great help. So goes out saying I'm delighted to be joined by Gavin. Gavin, how are you doing, mate? I'm fine, mate. I'm fine, Jackie. Good stuff, Gav. Gav, just before we start talking about the main purpose of the podcast, as I say, is, is memorabilia and nostalgia. Um, sort of comes hand in hand, mate. So can you just introduce yourself to the listeners? Um, first of all, mate, how long have you been uh, a Newcastle United supporter for? Right, I would say Newcastle United fan probably by birth like everything. <laughs> I, I was born in Gateshead in 1968 and um, my dad it was from just over the other side of the water and my granddad were all familiar of going to the games and stuff like that and uh, so, like I said I was kind of born into it. So if I think about the early 70s mm-hmm. um, when you started to see it on the television and stuff like that and was aware that he went to the games and mm-hmm. stuff like that I started badgering constantly about going to the games uh-huh. um, I can remember briefly remembering the 74 cup filing right. reading, the pa- reading the paper in the house about the game so as I say I continually budgeted them to go to the game um, they did feel at the time I was too young I think I was only only five year old and my first actual memories of it was just after the 76 cup final right. when we obviously when we lost against Manchester City and how, how old were um, you then Gav how old were you in 76 in, in, in 76, I would have been seven year old right. just after that cup final. Uh-huh. And I can remember me, me mum taking me, me mum, God rest her soul, took me to Stan Seymour's sports shop in Newcastle. Right. And I got my first strip. And it was the strip, the last one, Supermark, the Supermark wore in in 1976. And I've still kept that shirt to this day. And really? it could be, I got it signed by Supermark. Fantastic. So, so, so shortly, we keep badgering them to that. They eventually relented, and me, me first game was actually the 23rd of October, 1976, a game against Birmingham City that we won 3-2, and my dad took us along and stuck us on the barrier on the left-hand side of the scoreboard facing the pitch. Mm-hmm. 
and it started a, a long loving, you know, relationship which still exists to the day. So, well, you, 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 sorry, you, you picked a good season, in Gav, because if I'm not mistaken, in seventy six, seventy seven, we finished uh, fifth and qualified for Europe. Is that right? Well, we, we we finished fifth and qualified for Europe, but we were we were we were third, fourth for most of the season. Yeah. We only dropped to fifth at the very, very, very end. Right. As I say, I was hooked from day one. So day one that day in October, I went very much every game from that moment. Mm-hmm. And as I say, from that moment, nothing has changed. <laughs> I think over that season, I remember being at Man- the Man City famous game, which was um, in the cup, right. and when we lost three one, and lads were climbing up the pylons. You know the, the floodlights yeah. on the side and uh-huh. stuff like that. I can remember the four-one win against Everton. Mm-hmm. As I say, I picked a wonderful team straight away, <laughs> and it was a it was a fantastic season. You know, and as I say, we finished fifth. But you know, many people are aware that we only kind of dropped to fifth. You know what I mean? It was an exceptional season. We were third and fourth. So as I say, um, typical Newcastle that started off um, is a marvel is, is a marvelous season. Mm-hmm. And during that time. Quickly, of course, with us changing the book there, and my mum took us again to stand the same was, mm-hmm. and I got the latest book, the shirt. Fantastic. And, then I got, and I got the away shirt, so straight away, I, I got the, the books of black and white one, the mm-hmm. way yellow one, and the, the wonderful tracksuit, and, and, and the tracksuit being, I've, I've shown them pictures quite a, a few times, I recently showed it on Twitter. Which was um, a picture from 1977. So very much hooked from day one, Mark. Fantastic! It's it's great that you've uh, you've got you've got the collections, which we'll come to we'll come to in a second. But but also the fact that you've sort of you know took took pictures through your life of, of what you've done and the pictures and things. It, it's absolutely fantastic for me to watch because I'm I'm like you. But unfortunately for me, I never had cameras. You know, I I didn't chronicle everything. I think I've got one picture of me in about 1988 and the green and yellow stripy shirt and my brother sitting there with an Everton shirt on, which which still baffles me to this day. But but that's that's for another story. The other day, mate. But uh, but yeah. So so you you were banging into Newcastle from seventy uh, six. Started attending then. A uh, couple of years later, fast forward. Um, you know, you would have been a, an early teenager when when Keegan arrived. Would would Keegan probably be your favourite player of all time, or, or are you going to surprise me here? Well, again, Keegan. As I say, I've, I've got a very good story about Kevin Keegan. I mean, Kevin Keegan's the Messiah. I mean, if I think back to Keegan, you know, subconsciously he was there in some way. I can remember in 1977 it, it, when I lived in Gateshead, Deckham and Gateshead, and one of the first memories of watching a match on the television, apart from Newcastle, was the was the 77 Cup final, Liverpool against Man United. Uh-huh. And special care was player, wasn't he? So it was obviously in the stars there. So I was always <laughs> I was always fascinated by Keegan. I remember having the Kevin Keegan grandstand soccer game. Mm-hmm. I'm a big lover of Hamburg, mm-hmm. which again comes from the Keegan right. thing. So when we signed him, when we signed him, I was absolutely ecstatic. I mean, it, that kind of started my scrapbook. Um, as I say, everything about KK was, you know, the blokes of Messiah. So I was absolutely over the moon when we got him. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at that that first game against QBR. Right. We were, we were stood from about 12 o'clock outside. Outside the outside the ground, you know. So I mean, I was at Rotherham when we won five one. I can kind of relate everything to yeah. KK around that time. So yes, as I say, the the blokes a genius. Always has been, always will be. Um, I've got quite a number of stories about Keegan over 
over the course of the year. But yeah, we can certainly certainly uh, yeah. get bang up with it and discuss Keegan a little little bit later, yeah. Gav. Uh, so, so in a nutshell, is he your favourite of all time in black and white? I would, I would say, uh, I would say, you know, if you're talking about everybody who says, of course you would say Keegan, mm-hmm. of course you would say Shearer. Yeah. You know, I, I still had a massive favourite of Peter Weirs and a, mm-hmm. a favourite of Mickey Burns because I relate them to the innocent period. Yes. You know, when you're a young lad, Varadi, yeah. you know, Varadi was, was king, but mm-hmm. if you were talking about overall, the fact Keegan came there first in the 80s came back in the 90s yeah. and then unfortunately in the one in 2008 he is still the man isn't he so I would say overall you couldn't argue with it oh fantastic fantastic so Keegan would probably play a major part in your most enjoyable time times supporting the castle well, yeah. if, if you could pick one moment or one game Gav um, in all these years supporting your castle what, is there one that stands out or one what you would take with you should we say when you go I would say probably, you know, I was one of the few with Grimsby in 1993 when, yeah. when, when Kelly, you know, the, the, the second goal went, yeah. went through and he went round the keeper and he put it in the, the corner against the post and I was one of the many who was just on that fence the yeah. minute it went in. I mean, that's kind of like, oh, we've done it. You know what I mean? You could you could look. I know we talked. You know you talk, talk again on the, 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 the um, on, on Twitter about um, you know the Pompey game when when Kelly scored. But if I count it, kind of that the relief when we've actually done it and we've gone back into the big time. That Grimsby moment. I mean mm-hmm. the way it's captured on telly. Kind of it's just like yes, yeah, done it. So yeah. I would say. You know, probably asking the person who probably give you fifty-five examples. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, I know what you mean. I mean, I, I picked, um, I picked the, the Leicester away game as probably my favourite game. It, not, not necessarily. I, I didn't celebrate as much as what we did against uh, Pompey when Kelly scored, and I think Kelly, uh, you know, we had David Kelly day the other day, you know, etc. But, but I, th- I think you're right in what you're saying because it went full circle one year won the brink of relegation and disaster and going out of business and a year later as you say it was it was a, a sort of a relief when we got promoted and you know and I think that's probably why uh, David Kelly's so highly you know me- uh, remembered up here because of that and it's just it's such a shame that as time ticks by you're looking at 28 years now since uh, since you know we stopped up and in 27 since we, we went up and it's a different generation now, and it's such a shame to me that you've got to try and ex- you've got to explain who David Kelly is now to a lot of supporters. And I think it's it's such a shame because that, that type of person, granted it was second division football, but the likes of me and you and the you know the twenty to twenty five thousand who went regularly back then, you know he'll, he'll always be fondly remembered. The likes of him and Peacock and players like that. And as you know, Mark, when we when we met David Kelly, mm-hmm. he was he was he was quite unaware of what he actually meant. Yeah. You know, as I say, I mean, as I say, I'll get on to about David Kelly a bit later on. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, he signed one of my, my shirts and he signed a David Kelly goal scorer in 92 and 93. And you're like, <laughs> well, you weren't just a goal scorer. Yeah. And again, I suppose it's his job. Yeah. But, you know, I love you both, David. There's no doubt about it. But was kind of unaware what it meant to you and I, what it meant to everybody else. Yeah. It kind of, the talkings kind of made him realise just what, Team yeah, and, and this is it, and you've got to pay homage in a sense to to them players who played such a 
you know, an important part in saving us and, and putting us back up there, you know. But uh, but hey, that's that's an, yet again, Gav. I think we're gonna have to do a, a podcast on that season alone, you know. But uh, but but you, you've hinted at what we're talking about. What what the main point, Gav? It, it's fascinating to me because I've never really been a huge collector of um, you know f- football strips, football clothes. But the likes of yourself, uh, good old Doug, Doug of the corner on Twitter, he's his uh, retro V-neck jumpers, and, and and he kindly donated a, a sort of a tracksuit top to me a couple of months ago, and I wore it for the match. And the lads looked and went, "Only you could get away with that because it's so old, and you know it's from the mid eighties, and it's got the old NUFC with a magpie badge on." And, and my my face just lit up. You give you give that to me after I played the biggest gig of my life at the O2, and he was there with his family. And I just is it's such a thoughtful and, and nice gesture from from Doug. But but onto yourself, you, you're one of um, a number. And, and to be fair, you, your your collection it just there seems to be a hell of a lot of work went into this. A lot of hours, a lot of graft, soul searching, and, and it looks as if you, you, you're getting there or you've got there in the end. So so let's let's rewind a little bit. You've mentioned a couple of strips from when you were a kid and they were bought for you, but but your, your real passion, shall I suggest, is player-worn shirt, shirts. Is that right? It's, prob- it's, prob- it's probably a bit of both. It's probably a bit of both, to be honest with uh-huh. you. Um, if I think about it, growing up as a kid in the late 70s, it was always I need to get the shirt, and ironically, I've getting I've still to this day get the replica shirt. It's one of them. It's kind of a lonely end when I'm no longer here. To be honest with yeah. you, so mm-hmm. I'd always got the replica shirt. But so that started in '76. Again, as, as you mentioned, Doug about the '80s with the jumper. I remember having the pinstripe jumper when we had the little tiny, um, the little tiny club shop at the. At the at the, at the top of the ground. Yeah. Um, so as I say, in '76, it started with the replicas, and I carried that on religiously every season without fail. Always right. bought the replicas. But again, as you start to get older, you start to realise and think, "Oh, I would. Um, I would love to get a players one. How could I ever get a players one? How could I ever get a players one?" So, what, so when did that start, Gav? What roughly? What, when did that start? Well, the the, the player interest started straight away in the early 80s right but I was one of them young lads who didn't know what you, you what, how, to, how to go about it I used to write to players and managers in the early 80s but I used to ask for an autograph sheet or an autograph photograph and stuff like that mm-hmm. so if anything I didn't go the right way about it so I kept doing it and, and also putting little as I started getting an interest in how can I get these shirts again with the no internet how could you do it mm-hmm. so what actually happened throughout the years I still got me replicas and then what it was in 1992 so what, what, around about that time I, I'd found ways to get a few match worn shirts and I'd got them from a few other teams from uh, in Spring. I think I found them by I wrote to an Italian magazine about shirts and then found his address in there and I got some shirts I remember it was a Luton Town one and shortly around that time my mum was going to to America to mm-hmm. see my uncle my uncle Billy so it was just it was just the start of the famous 92-93 season and I can remember my uncle Billy telling me in a conversation that he had this shirt and he'd been giving it off Mickey Quinn and it was a 89-90 home player shirt 
we had a number 17 on the back so it was one of the squad or yeah. the back room staff and I cheekily said to her man when you go to America any chance of badgering me Uncle Billy for this for this shirt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought nothing more of it of course a few weeks later she comes back with the shirt right so that was the start so 1992 was the start so I got this shirt again how do you get them it was very difficult I remember the club in early in the early 90s used to advertise when the players used to get the cars from Bramall I think it was and you could get a shirt and how could I do it I wrote to Newcastle Freddie Fletcher member rang me at work and said the shirts are not the same the same as the replicas and I'm thinking no they're not like but very much you know how how do, how, how, how would you kind of argue and then five years later in 1997 the old black and white magazine there was, there was there was a quiz, or you know, where or, or kind of a competition to ring to win Robbie Elliott's shirt when he that he scored when we beat Nottingham Forest five 0 Yeah, okay. When we, when we actually went to the Champions League, and there were three very hard questions about Robbie Elliott, and I won, Brilliant. and I got the shirt. So I mean, ironically, I wore the shirt for both cup finals in the nineties. <laughs> so, so that started it off, and then of course. Mark, when the internet, when I finally, I was a late developer to get used to the internet in 2002 and eBay and Yahoo and stuff like that mm-hmm. was my chance to then connect with the world mm-hmm. and then my match one collection started off. So basically it was very hard to get them. I always got my replicas without fail. Yeah, of course. But, but it, was, it was kind of the internet which allowed me to connect and then from then I connected with the world. So as I say, in from 2002, then having that opportunity to connect with the world, mm-hmm. it then allowed me to get everything that I'd always dreamt of. So, 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 so come on then, Gav, what, what's, what's the oldest, oldest shirt you've got and who wore it? Well, the, 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 old, the, the, oldest shirt, the, oldest, the oldest black and white shirt was one that I, I actually managed to get recently. It was a number 12 shirt from the from the, the 1969-70 season. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, it's got Alan Foggan's signature on ah, it. Ah, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, um, but I also got one which, again, which kind of did the rounds again. It was one where I asked a few questions on Twitter, and it was the one where it looked like a jockey's jersey from the 50s. Right. And it, went, and it was cream and gold, and it's got a badge yes. across the front. And it might have been worn against who played someone the South African team or something like a Charlie Mitten right. um, testimonial. So we've tried to find out some details on that. But all I've got is a little photograph which just shows it. But it kind of looks like a like a, a jockey's jerseys. But you know, in my mind, black and white wise, the oldest is the is the sixty. 69. We'll, 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 we'll talk about that uh, shirt you just mentioned there because off, yeah. off after this podcast because I may be able to put you into contact with someone who may be able to help you put you know uh, put the pieces to the jigsaw on that one mate so yeah good job you've mentioned yeah. that so so the oldest one okay you were, you were just a tot around that time but what about the oldest one of a player um, when you were actually watching the game so from 76 onwards oldest well, one I've got I've got I mean so I could actually make the conversation even better. I brought, I brought the shirt next to us to talk. So what I've got is Paul Cannell's right. shirt. Uh-huh. So what happened in 1976-77 season, I remember we played Middlesbrough, it was about March 77, and the Chronicle did a competition. Right. And it, and it was to win a shirt of a player who was playing that day. 
and and I, I can remember it, you know, roughly at the time, but I wasn't part of it. And a lad obviously won it. And then years later, he put it up for sale on eBay. And he was a local lad. I think he was up from Houston, kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I won the shirt. And as I say, as a result of it, I've got the shirt and I've got his letter that he got from from the actual within the competition. Right. So it's actually it's actually physically Paul Cannell's shirt from the actual game itself. Brilliant. I mean, again, it goes back to the 1970s shirts. You know, they're, they're as rough as they go, yeah. to be honest with you. But, and they're actually tiny, so, and it's got a big, big number eight on the back. So Have you um, caught up with Paul Cannell since then? I did, yes. Through uh-huh. me, Lincolns have been, you know, in, in the first club. Um, I was joined up with Paul Cannell and I, and I went to see him at somewhere in North Shields about five years ago and um, we had a, a, a brief chat in it and I, I had a photograph tape with him in the shirt. So Fantastic. As I, as I say, but yes, that was my first one that I can relate to from when I was gone. So, so what what about um, your, your favourite there for Garth? If, if you had to pick one, um, you know, that you could save in a house fire. That sounds a terrible scenario, but if you had to save oh, one, what what I would it be? I wouldn't want to even go there. I, I wouldn't even be prepared to answer on it. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would say all of them. Yeah. All of them. I, I couldn't even... I wouldn't even want to think about it, to be honest with you. That's, that's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> Have you, we, we've touched on... Um, we've touched on Keegan. I, I, I'm assuming that you've got one that he's worn. I haven't. No, no. Ah. I, I, I haven't got one of... Um, of, of, of King Kev, no, 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 I haven't got, I haven't got one from from Kevin Keegan. I mean, I've got, I've got a, a couple from from around that from around that time, uh-huh. but I haven't got one specifically of, of Kevin Keegan. I think that's kind of the creme de la creme. Well, we're going to have to put some sort of uh, some sort of appeal out, aren't we, Gav? Because we're, we're going to have you not having to run by the king unless unless we put one on him uh, when we see him next, and you say put that on for two minutes, burn it with sweat, and give it to Gav. But uh, that, that is a shame. But like you say, I mean, there is a famous story, isn't there, about uh, Keegan having his uh, his shirt when he before he got on the helicopter when he left. Yes. The, the story goes, he said to the uh, one of the stewards or the policeman, give that to Peter Beardsley, and, and he, he never end up getting it. So who who knows who's got that shirt? So maybe we need to put a peel out to uh, get that shirt back, not for Peter Beardsley, but for Gav. Yes. <laughs> so that that would be good. What what about towards? Um, you know, the, the, the late 80s, obviously, I started going 87, 88 was my first season. I, I, you know, my, you mentioned your first heroes. My, mine was an odd one in a way, but mine was Darren Jackson. Um, obviously, seeing Gascoigne play, um, unfortunately, not Beasley the first time. But the likes of John Henry was a hero of mine, even though he was in a relegated side. Then, obviously, you've got Mickey Quinn and so on. So, what about that era? Is, is there any shirts that you, you, you sort of, you, 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 you went out your way to try and get? Oh, I would say again, it's often always been that process of elimination. I mean, me, I had to go and get, I've got to somehow get every single home shirt I can possibly get from when I was born. Luckily, I'm practically there. Right. But again, but again, it took me, you would say, 44 years. Um, I mean, I can relate to, I, I have, Mark McGee's 1990 shirt. I mean, I was a massive fan of Mark McGee. I was a, I was a big fan of Mark McGee the first time. Right. I didn't I didn't think he kind of got the chances. Mm-hmm. I followed his career at, at Aberdeen, and of course he played for Hamburg. Yeah. So I was very much interested. So when he came back, I was over the moon. Mm-hmm. You know, the 89-90 season, I, I, I went to probably every game, home and away that season. Right. Apart from the, the one at Oxford. 
in Montbegay. I know Quinny got all the goals, but Montbegay weighed him with a lot as well, didn't he? Got he did. Five or something. He did. Yeah, yeah. So, so I go back to Montbegay. You talk about John Henry. I was a massive fan of John Henry. I was devastated. Yeah. He only he, he only lasted lasted a, a, a season. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, from around that from around that time, I got Kenny Sampson shirt. Right. Like I said, Kenny Sampson didn't do a, a great deal. And even the season before, I've got a number seven shirt, which would point to, to Neil MacDonald, nothing 87, 88. And even you see about Darren Jackson again, I've, I, I thought Darren Jackson was a great player. He was. I think he didn't get, and when he was transferred to Dundee United, I was, I was quite, it was Dundee United he went to, wasn't it? Yes. I was quite, I was gutted about it, but also alongside Michael O'Neill. Yeah. Um, so as I say, I, I think with me over the years, it was probably, it's very, it was hard enough to get the shirt, never mind getting my ideal player. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Over the years, I've somehow managed to then get the ideal player. But early on, it was just a case of getting kind of kind of what I, what I could. Talk. Well, I remember um, a few years ago when you put out a big appeal. Um, I think it was the around about the 86-87 season with the green all... Yeah. He has sponsored on the front, and, and you 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 were after a player's um, worn shirt from that one because if I'm not mistaken, there was two type of sponsor sort of design, yeah. wasn't there? On the sponsor, there was a green one and I think a white one. Um, yeah, I, I could, and I actually I got that shirt, Mark. I mean, through that, I actually ended up getting that shirt through through the wonderful world of Twitter. So if I think, but that was the '86. 87 yes. shirt when when we very much got green all the first mm-hmm. you know the first time it was like with a lot of sponsors yes. the, the provider patched the slam it on the front and then the next season they decided to redesign the shirt to make the, the green holes look a bit more better yeah so of course the ocd side it was like <laughs> well i've got to have each individual type as well so, so the one that you that you put the appeal out to, um, yeah. I remember everyone being pleased for you because you ended up getting one. So, so how did that come? Because obviously you were looking for that one in particular. How did that one come about? Did someone contact you or what, what, what happened? Well, 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 what, what happened is I say I'll give credit to the lad. Like I say, he's actually on Twitter, Mr. Mr. Roberts. He's Callum Roberts' uncle. But um, what, what it was, I think, again... A, a good a good friend of ours, Mark, um, Alan Galitely, old yes. Tune fan. Yes, um, lovely fella. I was, I was away in Tenerife, and, and Alan was always help, trying to help us find little gems and stuff like that as well. And he sent us a message, and again, I was I was in Tenerife. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this guy? It's on Twitter. And a lad, I think, the year before, had kind of gone to work or gone to, uh, like, a dressing down or dressing in your football shirt there, and he bought this shirt, and it was that shirt... It was that shirt, right. and um, it was a number. It's a number eleven shirt, and he put me somehow in contact, and and again I got in touch. I got in contact with the lad, mm-hmm. and I'm having a bit of conversation. I explained my story, mm-hmm. and just by him telling the story, I, I, I said well, we we kind of somehow agreed on it because I told him what it meant, etc., etc., etc. And lo and behold, he agreed to sell it to, sell it to him. Wow. And, and I went and met him outside his work about a couple of weeks later and bought the shirt off him and we've kind of kept in contact ever since. That's, that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. It, it, it goes to show because obviously, as you know, my my main uh, collection over the, the years was always um, footage because the certain, yeah. the certain eras where there was no live football, there was no... 
there was no um, highlights. Um, there was a there was a, a TV ban where the football league couldn't come to an agreement with the TV company, so the, uh-huh. the TV refused to show any footage. And I think it was the early part of the eighty five eighty six season. So I know what it's like when you're after certain games. When I, I you know certain games, I'm still desperate for. So I know the frustration when you're so near but yet so far, and you end up getting that one. Um, what's the most Expensive, if you don't mind saying. What's the most you've paid for a for a shirt? Oh God, um, I would say a lot. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we talking in the hundreds, or we're talking in the thousands? Or I, I, I would say high high hundreds. As right. I say, it, it's like anything. It goes back to I think what I found is when you desperately needed one. Mm-hmm. It's it's a different market you're kind of dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, being very very lucky is over the years. Mm-hmm. I could never compete with you with your fantastic, you know, your, your dealers or your kind of people who have the best collections in the kind of world. You could never compete. I once had a chance to go for Supermax shirt, and it was a bloke from Spanimo. I had it from the '74 Cup final, right. and and I was keen to sell it to me. But again, then I, then I think somebody came along. You know, as a, a very, very, you know, wealthy mm. collector, and was blown out the water. So uh, you're kind of hoping people would say, "Well, this lad's a collector," and it's it's not about keeping them and selling them on for profit. It's about it was going to the right home. Mm-hmm. I go back to my '86 shirt. It was more about it was going to be looked after. Mm-hmm. Like you say, Mark, it's history, isn't it? Of course, it's bits of history. This it's kind of. You know, I think we say with this, we're custodians. Where if we, you and I, talk about a shirt, we go straight back. So we talk about the six eighty seven shirt number eleven. You go, wow, Paul Stevenson. You yeah. go, what? Yeah. So it, it's kind of um, there isn't. There's never a value I can place on these. Well, definitely, Gavin. I think think you've hit the nail on the head because you've got to bear in mind as well. Football shirts and kit now—it's—it's—it's just passed on. It's thrown to the crowd. It's given to ball boys. It's—it's you know they don't seem to players don't really seem to have that sort of willingness to hold on to shirts anymore because they've got that many. Whereas back in back in our day when we grew up, the eighties, specifically the seventies and the eighties, you know they probably had one and probably had to take it home to wash. You know, so so the rareness and uniqueness of your collection is is probably tenfold just on that alone. Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got you know again through various you know connections and stuff like that, and you know people tell me about how if you think about you go. I mean, I've always been one who was into the videos. I've got all the videos from the late all the season videos. Yeah, you know, and I remember '86 when I used to you could buy the video from kind of every day every game. Unfortunately, I never did. But if you look back, lots of the footage, you, all, you always just... I remember seeing one where it's got Mirandina at Benwell mm-hmm. and he's got the seasons before shirt on. Yeah. So what happened was it was, <laughs> it was just club kit. It's just stock. Yeah. They just wear it. And then at the end of the season, they would kind of wear it in training. Mm-hmm. And then it could end up as rags to be clean in the dressing room. Yeah. So there was nothing about it. So yeah. I think if you've managed to get any shirts from that time, it's very, very lucky indeed. Again, I've got a couple of friends, who knew, a friend of mine who knew Martin Thomas, and he said, well, he's very, very lucky to have a, have something from them mm-hmm. because 99 times out of 100, it went, you know, it was used for elsewhere. So yeah. you're right today, every game, they get a different shirt, the thought of the crowd, the swap of players. Yeah. Um, it's not the same 
connection with it. It's not, and, 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 and you know, in fair play to John Terry, I'm not going to say I like the bloke, um, but you can't you can't knock him for being a fantastic footballer. But he, he did something recently for charity, and uh, he was showcasing all his strips. Now I looked at them. He, he had framed them. He had them on his, his yeah. sitting room floor. And I don't know whether you've seen it. And I, I just I looked did. at that. Yeah, and my first thought was, you know, them shirts. For me, there could have been anyone's. That, that yes, someone may have worn them. He may have swapped them. But a lot of them, I was thinking, why have you swapped your shirt on one of the biggest games of your life? Fair enough for a player who you've marked. But I don't know. I, I would have preferred to kept the shirt I was wearing. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's changed that much where perhaps the likes of John Terry just aren't bothered anymore. You know. But but on on the flip side of that, you can't knock them for, for selling them for charity. That's one thing I won't uh, would have a go at. You've you've mentioned loads so far. We can we can keep going and keep going on this. Um, but what I, what I, what I will ask though is um, about five years ago, I think um, a book uh, series called Got Not Got. Um, fantastic. Just just a brief overview for any listeners. It was uh, essentially a collection of pictures showing, you know, football as it was, you know, sticker albums, pennants, books, scarves, clothes, you name it. Anything you were brought up on, that was that was in there. And uh, you, to, so much to my surprise, I didn't know this until I got, got a copy because uh, I, I give them a, a few bits and pieces and um, I got a free copy. And when I come through, I was flicking through it. And I, I noticed uh, a good friend of mine, David Jameson, um, on Twitter. Um, he he was there, and he's him and his brother in the black and white home strip. And I think he had the uh, he had the home one, or his brother had the the silver away one. So I was like, oh, that's that's a lovely surprise to see Dave involved. But I couldn't believe it because there's more stuff I was reading through. I was looking, well, that's Gavs, that's Gavs. And then before I knew it, come to the come, you know the the introductions. Big big mention to you. So, in a sense, you, you played a massive part in in, in a, a hugely successful series of books. So, how, how did that come about, Gav? Were you approached? Did you offer your services? Tell, tell us more on that. Well, what it is, again, like I say, I, I, we've been a big lover of shirts and memorabilia. And as I say, I'm, even, I'm still interested in other teams, you know, certain teams and things like that. And I was somehow found out over these Got Not Got series. You know, there was books on Leicester, Leeds... Liverpool, Manchester United, and then like I say, I looked into it, and again, friends, friends of mine, kind of in in, in different areas of, 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 of different teams, told me a bit more about it, and I think I said, well, how does it work? How how they managed to to get that? How they managed to get it off the ground? And then by various ways, I ended up finding a contact of it, and I contacted the, the two lads, um, Gary Silken. And, and Derek Hammond who wrote the books mm-hmm. both big Leicester City fans yeah. who had actually wrote these books so again 2000 and beginning of 2015 I think it was mm-hmm. I thought I'll file them off an email and said why haven't you ever done a Newcastle book you know what I mean you know, it's just a, a typical innocent question yeah. and they come back and said we'd love to do a Newcastle book but we don't know at this stage anybody who we could go to to help us with it <laughs> and I very much got excited straight away. I said, "Well, if you prepare to come up to the northeast, I'll show you everything I've got." Yeah. As you say, at the time I had all my stuff in there before I got married in a room. Mm-hmm. Where I could easily put hands onto it. Yeah. You know, and I said, and so lo and behold, in no no time at all, they came up. They came up from Leicestershire mm-hmm. to my house and start looking at all my stuff. So again, four hours later, mm-hmm. <laughs> they took pictures of everything, uh, and then agreed to do a Newcastle book. 
So over the course, I mean, again, the book's a standard template. Yes. You know, of course, the book, but again, the evidence from it. So quickly, they started using 75% of the stuff that's in the book was, was kind of my little bits and bobs. And they asked me to write a few little notes within it and things like that. Um, so the book itself was, was published in... I think in October 2015, yes. I, I was working in Leicester and I went and met Derek and went for a couple of a pints with him and he gave us a, a book, you know, for me kind of input and Fantastic. it was wonderful to see the book and then look inside and see how the book had been dedicated to me wonderful father. Yeah, I mean... Which was quite, Quite, quite a touching moment. So exactly, um, I mean, I'm, and I'm getting, I, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm getting goosebumps when you've just mentioned your father because yeah. we, we we know what what an impact he had. And but but it, it is nice that you've played played your part in a in a huge huge uh, book, um, you know, referencing your father as well. But ultimately, from from your personal point of view, you know, it's it was also good for you to get your stuff in the public domain. Instead of just yeah. tweeting the odd picture now and again, um, and let's be honest, the majority of your your Twitter followers and mine on your Castle supporters. So, so for them to get the, the further afield, because uh, I do know that they ran a series on it and they were they were they were sort of you know promoting it to, to any of their followers on Twitter and in uh, in Facebook. So any anyone any supporter from any club would have seen it, mate. And in fair play, I, I didn't realise the impact was as in depth as what you've just described there. You know, I thought it was just a case of oh, I'll take some pictures, I'll email you them, and away you go. I didn't realise uh, you were hands on as much as that. So fair, fair play. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, I mean, what was good by that, because as I say, it was, it was fellow collectors. I mean, as I say, I've got now a good network of, of friends. And what's quite refreshing is, um, probably from our both generation, one of the, um, there was a lot, I don't know if you remember, a lad brought a book out in the early 2000s called Trainers. A, 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 yes. A, a, a lad yes. called Neil Hurd. Well, well, Neil Hurd brought a book out about four years ago called about football shirts book and it was all the books coming from the, the casual era the football shirts and stuff like that right and as I say I, I've, I've got to know Neil through that and a few of the other collectors and as, as you say they brought their book out and Neil featured me as one of the collectors in the back of his book and I was invited to their launch which was like in, in um, I'm trying to think it was in Pink Lane in, 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 in London so right. as a result of it it kind of so the Got Not book was very much about the anorak side you know yeah. that kind of you know stuff but the but Neil Hurd's book was a bit more kind of the trendiness you know football football shirts now is very mainstream isn't yes. it it's very trendy for the likes of me football shirts have always been class yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean so uh -huh. as, I, as I say so brought into that in a few other a collector I know who a good friend of mine who just wrote the, the, the Tottenham book and again he kind of named me in the back of it so it was quite nice so it kind of it was it, it brought out that you're right it wasn't just a case of photographing a couple of shirts it's yeah. the stories be stories behind them so as I say it's, it's been nice to be acknowledged in a few other little little projects which have been going on as well I'll, I'll get the information on that book because I have heard of it but obviously I'll, I'll get the information yeah. off you because I, I wouldn't mind having a look into that um, yeah. because the, there was always an argument through the the 80s and 90s, possibly the 70s, you know, you, you had your, what we would call scarfers, who we used to wear the colours, yeah, and go to the match, and then you had those who, who would go as a casual and end up uh, scrapping with anyone and anything around the around the ground, so it's, 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 it, I'm sure that would be fascinating, fascinating reading. So so come on then, Gav, any, any memorable stories from, uh, you know, you, you've got the shirt, you've, you've, you've went for the right. signatures, any, any memorable player meetings? 
Well, I suppose I need to tell you this one, Mark, as I say, I've kind of alluded. We're going to mention our, our friend, David Kelly. Right. Um, I mean, the, 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 the best story, as I say, I can think of is, is David Kelly. Um, I learned via, I think we went to do with the, um, the Tyneside Centre, you know, mm-hmm. when he was on with John Anderson, you were there as well, Yes, you? brilliant night. I think he was. And we got to, I got to talk to David Kelly myself that particular time mm-hmm. um, with, 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 with a friend of mine, lovely bloke, great, etc. from there. So you kind of established a little bit of a conversation. Um, v- v- via somehow, my friend kept in contact with him and I, and I did as well. So again, it was kind of, if one day I ever need to talk to him, I learned a couple of years later, he, he'd obviously decided to part with parts of his collection and, and stuff like that. And then somehow I managed to get one of them. Mm-hmm. And the shirt being the shirt that he scored had again on his last game against Leicester. Oh, wow. so, uh, so as I say, I'm now a proud owner of that number nine shirt that he scored had again. So, which Fantastic. again, until, until until I actually got it, I was actually you know kind of over the moon. Mm-hmm. But how the story actually goes from that is, so of course I've got this shirt, and I thought, well, I've got this shirt, and obviously we've now got a little contact with David Kelly somehow. So I, I got his, I was able to contact him and speak to him and said, David, is there any time I could probably meet up with you sometime, and you could sign this shirt? I've got the shirt, which was the shirt. Mm-hmm. Like you, you scored your hat again. Obviously, I've already got the providence to prove it was. And yeah. We, we then had a bit of um, a bit of correspondence going forward. You know, explain a bit about the story from that. So, as I say, as because I, I want to ex- ask you a bit about this shirt. So, at the time, he was assistant or he was a coach at Port Vale. So right. This was the summer of 2017. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be working near that area. Uh-huh. I was working near Little Show, uh-huh. and I said, "Could I meet up with you?" Well, he invited us to go to the game. It was a it was a friendly game against West Bromwich Albion. Right. So I went in and went to see him, and he got us a ticket for the game. Uh-huh. It was a friendly, and I took this shirt in. And as I say, we've got a picture together with a shirt. And I'm like, David, did you really wear this shirt? He went, well, of course I wore this shirt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I've mm-hmm. actually got the marks on the back of the number nine of the actual when he scored that hat trick. So again, fantastic. It was very, to me. It's actually the world, but it was it was the it was the kindness of the man. He was just so good. You know what I mean? And as I say, I've got a I've got an actual photograph of that moment with him, where I've got the picture of the shirt. So I'd, I'd, just, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd love to see Gav. I think uh, a lot yeah. of your followers w- would love to see that because you know how how highly thought of we, we, we alluded to it earlier. How highly thought of he is. He's my favourite player of all time, without without a shadow of a doubt. And you know to have his shirt in his last game um, on such a beautiful, memorable day at St James's Park. He scored a hat trick. And you've got your shirt, mate. That's that's some feat. Fair play to you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I should stand up and start applauding. Um, I, I, I go I go back to lots of the ones and say they're good. But if you think about from our point of view, Mark, yeah. I know there's a lot of celebration. I mean, obviously I was at that game. The fact we were sitting a little bit half time. Yeah. You know, when you forget, Cody got a hat rig as well. Yeah. You know, and Leicester was still in the, Leicester still got in the playoffs. Yes. We, we beat them seven one, and Kelly's goals they were awesome. But then. To actually have this shirt, and you go, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and as I say, I'm, you know, the, there's the marks on the back of the number nine, and just the whole story, and then going to, you know, just, just 
going to see him at Port Vale and as I say it's, um, I got another one of his shirts at the same time when I got this one and I think I think it, he might have worn against Oxford a few weeks beforehand right. but this particular shirt you could put I mean around that time it was a number nine shirt they still could wear it any yeah. time over that season but bear in mind we only wore A6 on that last game exactly. against Leicester exactly. so, and there's only that number nine so it's got as I say, it's everything about it. The fact it came directly from him, mm-hmm. it, it kind of saw from me personally, it just brought everything together. And the whole story of going to see him, and you're right, mm-hmm. he was such a, he's such a cracking bloke, isn't he? Well, I've um, met him twice over the last couple of years. It's the same night as you, and probably, and even the second one might have been um, one of the entertainer nights. I think yeah. it was uh, him was and Peacock, probably. And uh, he was a little bit worse for wear that night. He was a little bit drunk that night, if I remember rightly. But afterwards, speaking on a one-to-one basis, he was such a scream. And I, I was quite lucky to be invited to go out on the drink with him afterwards. And we played, um, we played Liverpool the following day. It was when the Beast of the East was going on. So there was a debate all week whether the game was going to go ahead so the back of my mind I was thinking are we really going to be travelling down there tomorrow shall I stop out with the players but then it got around, it got around about 1, 2 o'clock in the morning and I'm standing there thinking this is surreal this. but you know when you feel like you're a bit of a spare part the, the heroes to you and I want them to always remain heroes to me um, so I just I did my bit did the pleasantries uh, asked them a few questions and they just let them stop out and get absolutely pissed I would imagine and, and we went to Liverpool the next day braved the weather and we got beat I think it was 2-0 so uh, in, in retrospect I wish I had stopped out with, a, with my heroes as opposed to go watching uh, modern day Newcastle but another another quick story about uh, David Kelly uh, a gent on uh, Twitter I won't name him in fear of him getting lynched but he's got the shirt that was thrown in the crowd at away Derby I don't know whether you're aware of that no, I mean I I do have the number nine shirt from that season, but right. not not that. I mean, like I say, I remember that game like it was. I think I watched the highlights. I think there's something you put on Twitter recently yeah. where I watched it again, and I still can't believe there's them all them sendings off. Yeah, but yeah. That, that was, but that was as passionate as I got that day. That, that, that for me is probably the best support I've ever been in. Um, you know, from from the the minute from the first minute to the last, and 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 beyond that. But but for me, I always remember David Kelly. You know, walking up to the crowd, shirt off. He had this white vest on, which was hanging off him, um, and he just threw it in the crowd as if to say. You know, lads, what more could I have done the day? And that was sort of, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it, to be honest, Gav, but that was sort of, the sort of the moment, I think, where the supporters went, right, we've got to play our part and and continue to play our part and making sure these lads stop up. And the rest is history. But that day, that, that shirt went in the crowd. And I just remember a few years ago, it's probably about six or seven years ago, there was just a little bit of a conversation about it. And some lads just popped up and says, oh, I've got that shirt. And I went, no way. And he went, I've got it. He says, I've, I've kept it all these years. I want to give it to my son. And I just sent him a message. And I says, look, can I, I want that shirt. Can I buy it? He says, I'm really sorry. You're knocking your hands on it. It's And we're sitting, and like yourself, Gav, he's he's stayed in touch. He's a lovely fellow. I've, I've got him tickets when he's needed it and things like that. And, and, and one day, I just hope that I may be able to just, even just look at it. But, but similar to you, uh, Kelly was at Scunthorpe at the time. And um, he ended up going to Scunthorpe. Um, I think it was a league game. And he ended up meeting him, got a picture taken with him. Uh, Kelly signed the shirt and, and he sent us the pictures. And I just thought, what an absolutely fantastic moment for that bloke to have this shirt for so long. And, you know, he's, he's went and tracked him down and ended up getting it signed. So there's a, there's a lot of lot of passion and a lot of history there. And, you know, you, you, 
you're 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 up there with the, the very best in all this, Gavin. It's it's fascinating listening to the stories. So, but you know, apart from apart from David Kelly, bringing up to the modern day, is I mean, as as we touched on earlier, I suppose strips are a little bit more, well, a lot more common now to get a hold of. But is it is there any sort of within the last sort of decade or so where you could turn around and you've had a bit of a challenge getting a hold of one, or someone's went out of the way to sort of help you get get one? Well, as I say, probably probably going going back to going back to if I think probably towards now, you know, I was quite actually lucky to um to get a shirt off a player. I mean, um, you know, I got I, I actually got one given off Modi Army. I mean, Modi Army. Although being one of the most underrated players, is probably one of the nicest players. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I, I got his. I, I actually, I mean, not uh, I was ever ever really did was get a shirt of anybody. It was kind of, it was always kind of shirts I just acquired myself over the years. But I was once very lucky through, you know, by by various means, was to kind of um, physically get the shirt off um, of of Modi Army, who played Burnley. And I remember it was um, a couple of years ago, 2017. Uh, it was on the telly. I think it was a Monday night. I mm-hmm. think he probably had one of his worst games. I yeah. remember. Yeah. But but getting that shirt of him was I was absolutely all, over the moon. I mean, that was quite a different experience. I think I would I was never kind of familiar with. So as as you, as you say, I, I suppose now you look at the shirts now. It's kind of. It feels kind of a bit different, doesn't it? Yeah. To how it kind of kind of it was. Now that was great in, in a in a moment, but as you say, in this day and age, because the shirts are available. Yeah. The th- difference back yeah. in the day was there wasn't. You know what I mean? I think I think you know without sounding melodramatic here, Gav. I think there was a hell of a lot more of a connection with the the club and especially the players. In the eighties, uh, well, seventies, eighties, and nineties, should we say? Um, you know, in, in possibly under Sir Bobby, it changed a lot in the, the early parts of the the uh, you know the millennium for me. Um, and I'm not saying that players don't care. I'm not saying that players don't have the heart, but it was certainly certainly different back then. I think this is why we're so fond of that era because it was probably the the last era of the again it's a cliche but a working class game um, and I think it, it is different and, and no doubt if you've got a hold of a player shirt now you'll be over the moon you'll be ecstatic but I would probably think well who really really wants it I would probably give it away without hesitation but if I had a David Kelly shirt or Gavin Peacocks or Gascoigne's or Mirandi someone like that it would be framed it would be up there it would be under lock and key so and that's just my own own understanding of it, you know, my own personal feelings. But speaking speaking of connections, um, it's like I've planned this, Gav. <laughs> uh, current affairs, Newcastle United. Obviously, you still go home and away without question. Um, but put me on the spot a little bit, Gav. Is it has it ever been a point um, under Mike Ashley where you've actually thought, you know what, enough's enough? I would say I would say I've never given me season ticket up. I always feel like. The day I give me season ticket up, the day I give it up is I give up football altogether. Yeah. Which would say at the end is the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to confess, I've always gone, I'll always go. Yeah. Um, hopefully that will change soon. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It'll be a lot better. Um, but it has it it has felt very just sat there thinking, oh god, this is depressing. You're not enjoying it. I mean, again, what's quite ironic is. I always got my wife or my mum always saying, enjoy the game again. You go, how can I enjoy the game? It's stressful. And yeah. people didn't quite get it. Mm-hmm. How's it stressful? You're watching your team. Well, no. Yeah. If you're watching Newcastle, we're 5-0 up. It's still stressful because you know 
what they're like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it has felt very apathetic for years. You're just sitting there going, oh, going through with emotions. But when you don't know any different, yeah. I've been born into it. You know, if there's no new, you know, I'm sat in a room here talking to you and it's, in the office, it's all Newcastle. Yeah. I wouldn't know any different. The day there's no Newcastle, the day there's no, there's no football. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was only ever one man. He's never going to beat me. Um, but it hasn't been a nice period just watching it. And as you know, with Newcastle, it's always it was always one step forward, two steps back. Well, so, well, as said, as as we talk yeah. today. Um, we're into a third week and hopefully a final week of, well, let's just say I'm confident it's going to go ahead. Um, I think before we come on air, I think you're quietly confident that's going to happen. But, but you know, it's not just a case of new owners and putting money into the uh, into the, the first 11 or the squad. It's a case of rebuilding the community, the training ground, etc., etc. But... You know, you, you you can't help but get a little bit excited when there's strong rumours that uh, Kevin Keegan may come back as an ambassador. Um, yeah. You mentioned before, um, you know, he's probably number one in your opinion. Um, you know, in 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 bear in mind as well. You know, we've had the piss taken out of us a hell of a lot off the uh, our friends down the road in Sunderland um, for you know for the six in a row and etc etc. But but don't overlook Kevin Keegan. Now, granted, he'll come back as an ambassador, so he won't have a direct. You know, input on the on the playing pitch. I would imagine, but don't forget, we played Sunderland five times under his watch, and uh, he won the he won the lot. He won he won all five all five of his derbies, and he managed. Now, the last one he managed was uh, a two 0 victory. What two thousand and eight, and even bloody Michael Owen sh- showed up that day and scored two goals. But you reminded me uh, the other day, Gavin. I hope you don't ask, mind me asking this. It was um, it was your dad's last game before he sadly passed, mate. Um, could you could you tell us more about your dad and, and the influence he had on on basically on your obsession with Newcastle United? I mean, we said just before I started, you know, the obsession with King Kev. It's all kind of linked into it. Yeah. If I say, but you might imagine the buzz around King Kev. I can tell you every situation. The buzz. If I go back to '82 before he signed, it was a bit apathetic then. The buzz he gave when he came. You know, you go back when he came back as manager. All of a sudden, overnight, it goes from being dour and depressing to the same again. Yeah. Even in two thousand and eight, although it didn't work out, the anticipation. So as I say, from from that, I mean, me, me dad, um, me dad adored King Kev. I mean, as I say, me, me dad, bless him, passed away two thousand and fourteen, and it was nice that he was in the program. Um, we were able to scatter his ashes. Um, you know, in the, in, the, in the memorial garden in the ground. Fantastic. And I have to confess, I did take some of his ashes in a bottle into the ground and I spread them all around the place. So the seat that I sat with him for years, um, right. I put it on his seat and, and I also took it around his haunts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a big lover of the Mayfair right. in the 80s. So yes. I, I put a bit outside the gate. So as I say, my dad, um, massive Newcastle fan, even even when he, as I say, he was a diabetic. So as I say, it was quite, testing at times but my dad he, he first started taking us in 1976 and his last game was the game April 2008 against Sunderland yeah. and that and that was then you know that kind of he was nearly 75 year old and it's like well he's not really kind of in that um, be able to stand it anymore so that yeah. was his last physical game however he still followed it from afar 
in his room up to his um, side passing in 2014. So mm-hmm. he was black and white um, through and through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, obviously, but obviously not as uh, as poppy as you. <laughs> I, I was going to say my dad. What I always remember about my dad, which was great, I remember in 1981 when Jackie Milburn was a was a journalist in Newcastle, and he would. Um, I mean, my dad was a typical, you know, salesman. He would ask anything, and he said he always called the people in Newcastle, called everybody Jackie. You know, he wasn't scared to ask anybody, and he, he took a book in to Jackie Milburn to get him to sign it. He was always getting me stuff signed. Um, he was kind of not into it like I was, but he was in. He, he was still saving as the the fixtures, mm-hmm. you know. When I was well into my forties, right? Yeah, yeah. The beginning yeah. of every season, so he was kind of. Although he didn't cut the shirts, he helped buy the shirts for me. Yeah. And us in 1992 when we were, I was a Gallagher lad. We always stood in the Gallagher, and we only went into the Millburn stand in '92 because of. It was taken over, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was. We we we'd arrived. You know what I mean. Yeah. So we went into the stand. So I sat in the Millburn with him until that last game. And what was great was he finished with a win. And my dad didn't half love winding the magnums up. I mean, my dad moved to to Washington in the late seventies, mm-hmm. and he would thrive on going to his betting office. And he was always having a bet with him mm-hmm. about I'll bet you for the end of this season. So as I say, he was he was very very proud. So. As I say, sorely missed, still sorely missed now. Even when I go to the match, I yeah. still, I mean, I've just recently moved, I've just recently moved last, last season, mm-hmm. um, a bit higher up in the, in the Melbourne. So um, I still think of him when I go at the game, you know, the, the seat next to him was always the seat with him. Again, I go back to the 80s. We stood on the Gallagher. Mm-hmm. We stood on the Gallagher. Ironically, one of the fellows in the group of me dad's mate was Steve Bruce's brother. Right. Steve, and that was when Steve Bruce was in chilling him. And he always put me in the same part of the barrier. So I had the same part of the barrier from 76 to 92. Wow. So I wow. always... Me, 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 me dad had his favourite players. You know, he, he was critical of Ashley and, 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 and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's sometimes quite sad that... Um, I kind of go and talk about it. So as I say, lads who go to the games with their dads must be absolutely fantastic. Well, well I've, 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 I've never had that, Gav. Sorry to interrupt. I've never yeah. had that. Um, I've never experienced it. From yeah. what, but, you know, my sort of um, education and sort of my sort of bonding with people at the match was always very, very good friends of mine. And, and I'm pleased to say that they're still going now and they're still hanging on there and they're still hopeful that this takeover is going to happen. But but just to just to you know conclude on on, on your father, mate. Yeah. It, it's uh, again, it's a little bit of a cliche, but he he went out in style as did Alan Shearer last Newcastle game against Sunderland in a victory, mate. He's in good company. So yeah. you know, on, on that note, Gav, Gav test testing times, mate. You know, we, 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 we're on lockdown. We yeah. um we can't go anywhere. There's no, there's not going to be football. But we can go and watch for a long, long time. Let's let's just write off this whole calendar year for me. Um, mental health. I've I, I noticed you the other day, which we, we we discussed earlier. Um, mental health, mate. It's a massive, massive, pr- pr- you know, process. Um, in regards to making people aware of how people are feeling. Um, but you you, you did it. You did it. A YouTube chat the other day. Um, can you tell me more about that and for our listeners? Just get me involved with, um, educate me on what that was all about. Well, what there was, it was something completely new to me, as I say, in, in, in the shirt collecting world. I've managed to, in all the years, a few 
few friends from different places and one of the lads, Lee Adams, um, staunch Fulham fan, was involved with doing lots of walks from Craven Cottage to various grounds, Reading and things like that. Yeah. So it was very much into that old mental mental health side and stuff like that. Um, it's something personal that I've always believed in, the mental health, or good to talk, you know. I've always had my own ideas thinking, oh, I'd love to go and talk to people about shirts. Because yeah. as, we're, as we're talking here, Mark, how many memories, you know, if I say about my dad, I'd still be talking to my dad about Shola Mayobi. You know, he was very critical. My dad had certain players he criticised and he always went to town, but we'd always talk reminisce, yeah, reminisce, reminisce, reminisce. So this particular this particular programme I was mentioned, they had some called walk and talk. So clearly by the sounds of it, when they're walking from one ground to the other, you're talking as lads do, don't you? Yeah. I think that's very much what it was about. Very, very good. So, so Lee approached me last week saying he was thinking of doing a, a chat and talk thing um, I've never been part of it before. Um, he was thinking of doing something on YouTube where you get some of his collector friends to bring some shirts on. They would have a bit of a quiz to get people to dial in and get some of the shirts. So myself and a, co- a couple of um, a couple of others bought that. So I didn't just bring me Newcastle shirts. I brought a couple of other ones. I bought a Grand Passat one and a, a kind of Columbia one and, mm-hmm. a, and a Germany one. And it was just about talking so as i say i did that last week first time first time ever so it was quite um it was quite difficult because when you look at the screen it was how close should it be and um, but again it was just talking about it mm-hmm. so as i say and what that's then done as a result of it it's made me kind of want to start sharing my shirts again exactly. so i suppose and it's creating a bit of debate isn't it so all the lads are coming out and going oh, i remember this and it's that kind of Thing. So it's something I would have loved to have got involved with Newcastle because you're right, we've just said, Mark, about the David Kelly shirt. You would look at it and go, and that just takes us back to the time, doesn't it? So, yeah. And it's part of that men talking again, isn't it? I, th- I think I think you've you've nailed it on the head there. I mean, you know, in these testing times, it, it, it is, it's, again, I keep saying this word cliche, but it is a cliche in regards to it is good to talk, it is good to, to talk this through. I mean, Christ, we've been going a good hour now. And uh, we, we could easily go on for another five or six, you know what I mean? Because we've got that much uh, in our lot to discuss. Um, but yes, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll talk more about that off air, um, Gav, because I'd be interested to pass uh, more information on that in regards to our our supporters trust and seeing if they want to sort of get involved or promote it and, and help the lads out who do that from Fulham, you know, because it, it's a very very. Uh, you know, worthwhile cause. Um, but uh, Gav, just just to conclude, mate. Um, I'm going to mention your Twitter account, if that's okay, so people can start following you. Um, it's at Gav411Hig. That's at Gav411Hig. I'll also be putting your, your Twitter name in the uh, the promotional post for the podcast. Um, but for now, Gav, if you could pick one season, briefly, one season, if you could just dust down the old Betamax videotapes, pop it in, which video would you be watching? And I would love you to find it one day, 83, 84. You know, <laughs> going up, I even managed to get on the video of going up at the Carlisle game. Right. Barrier, and I've got a curly perm, I'll always remember. 83, 84, because although we finished third in the league, that season was unbelievable. You know, you go, go to Shrewsbury Town, Huddersfield, Oldham on New Year's Eve. It was 
we were conceding goals like we always did. Yeah. But that season was absolutely mental, absolutely mental. So uh, because it was, it was kind of you had to be there to kind of understand yeah. it. And mm-hmm. we only finished third in the second division. Yeah. But it was absolutely buzzing. You know, I think, like I say, it, it, it was kind of always all or nothing. Yeah. You go from the lowest to the, there was never in between. It was either <laughs> emotional roller coaster. It always has been an emotional roller coaster. It's one extreme to the other. And that 83 84 season was a prime example of how mental being a Newcastle fan always was and always will be. Yeah, I oh, think yes. you've, I think you've summarised that very, very well, Gav. So th- thanks, mate. And again, thanks for coming on today. It's been fascinating. Um, I'm sure we'll do this again sometime. Um, and, and good luck with the, um, the 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 continued search for for football shirts, mate. Keep keep keeping us informed uh, with that. And obviously, good luck with the the mental health side of it as well. Um, and as I say, we'll look more into that. Um, so for now, Gav, thank you. Um, in regards to the, the listeners out there, thanks for sticking with us. Um, we're trying to get out as much content as we can obviously I've been given a bit of a free reign in regards to nostalgia which is appreciated from the uh, from Alex and the guys so hopefully you'll be hearing more from me but uh, thanks Gav for now thanks again mate and I'll speak to you very soon okay cheers cheers Gav <laughs>